what's up welcome back to refuse to fail the podcast with great stories from the world of sport told in the words of the people that have the story i'm joined here by a great guest i can't wait absolute superstar scottish hockey she's even got the kit on she is blue through and through she can't wait kerry and hastings how are you yeah i'm doing fabulous thank you how are you getting on oh surviving i'm buzzing a thursday night get to sit and chat doesn't get much better than that love it we love like speaking about hockey so yeah i'm here <laughs> good i'm glad well we have to get start off with the pleasantries because we have to make sure my lovely listeners know a bit more about you so this is say the first thing that comes into your head this or that Great example to get you started. Cup of tea or a cup of coffee? Coffee. Love that, love that. It's all an athlete thing. I swear everybody just runs off coffee Always. in this world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It keeps you awake. <laughs> right, night out or a night in? Night in. Love that. Right, this is a tough one. If you had to get rid of hockey tomorrow uh-huh. and it can never exist, would you rather get rid of hockey or dogs? <gasps> hockey. <laughs> Everybody That's except really two bad. people have said it. Everybody except two people have said it. I love dogs. Right. I see, exactly. You play another sport, you can't get another dog. Yeah, true. Right, on a night in when you're chilling and relaxing, are you going to go for a series or a movie? Movie. Love that, love that. <laughs> right, would you rather play hockey in the really bad rain or really warm day, like summer 30 degree heat? Oh, I would rain, rain. Scottish weather, we get used to it, you know. <laughs> it's an advantage at this point. <laughs> just grow up with it. <laughs> right, in the car, on the way to the game, or just travelling about, are you a playlist or a radio kind of girl? Well, annoyingly, in my car, I have to listen to either a CD or the radio. Um, mm. But I would quite like to listen to a playlist. <laughs> what, what CDs do we have? Are we rocking like a, a big stack of Now That's What I Call Music in the car? <laughs> that was, mm, that's in there. I can't actually find them, so I'm quite upset. So that, that, <laughs> that's just a nerve. Um, I'm more of like a musical gal, so I've got like... Now, Wicked... now, we're, now we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like Wicked, um, just trying to think. Like Now That's What I Call Disney. Oh, oh gosh, honestly, I'm, yeah. So that type of well, vibe. I'm going to move a question up now because there was later in the quick fire, but what's your go-to Disney movie? Oh, uh, oh, Sugar. I love that you're censoring yourself in the podcast as well because I, I no. forget. I love that. <laughs> um, what would I go for? There's too many. Because I, I want to go old school, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe like Lion King. We'll go with that. It can be solid. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It took you for a Moana person. I don't know why. I thought to yeah, it. no, I would absolutely. But like, I, I'm, you know, we have to go for traditional. Do you know, you ha- you can't. Has to, has to be a videotape. It can't be yeah, DVD. Yeah. And you rewind it to the beginning again. Still got yeah. that. Love that. I think we had the same childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, socks and sliders. Is it socially acceptable? Yes or no? No, because sliders make you injured. So absolutely not. <laughs> That's, there's a personal grievance there, so we'll have to dive yeah, into definitely. that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to rewrite my list and just go, what have you got against socks and sliders? <laughs> Not that I'm on commission, but I'm a Crocs man now, recently I'm, converted. Just say Crocs, where am I? Mine are literally, they're there, they're there and they're purple and beautiful. Love I that. Actually, yeah, they're great. I, got, I bought paint splattered ones thinking I was quite artsy and edgy and I've realised they just look like a four-year-old pair of Crocs, but I'm 26. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. Have you got widgets? That's the question. Not yet. No, I need to get some. Yet, that's the key. 
Do you know what we're talking about? We're talking about Brandon before we came on. Refuse to fail widgets. Are gonna, I'm going to find a way to make those. Great. Love that. Uh, I don't know how dangerous it is asking a woman to put photos of her feet on the internet, but I'm going like, to get you to, I'm going to be like, carry on, put your, put your Crocs on. I need, I need product photos. That's all. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> when, you, when, when you thought you were getting all these endorsement influencer deals, did you ever expect someone to go, I'm going to need you to put your Crocs on? And... Yeah. Love it. That's, you know what? If that's the way that you want to make money, fine. Cool. Hey, I, su- I support it. Like, it's an industry. <laughs> Take advantage of it. Right, we're getting out, we're getting a night out sorted. You're in the group chat. Are you more likely to FaceTime or text to get it organised? Like, do you let the text just scroll on and on, or you like just get a call going? Um, well, it's usually like with a group of people, so I just let the WhatsApp group kind of go. Um, but then I will maybe eventually FaceTime somebody else to be like, right, let's sort this out. I love so that. <laughs> you yeah, whispering just, in the background. Yeah, but it's probably like, <laughs> okay, you say this and then we'll like deal it, solidify it. So we've got quite a big girl group, so we have to, it's quite hard. 10 voices is uh, pretty hard to get everybody together. So yeah. that's that's a manic chat there. Mm-hmm. A very is. active group chat. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> love that. Right. Where are we at next? Yeah. Sweet or salted popcorn? What's your go to? <clears throat> Can I go mix sweet and salted yeah you're one of these anarchists that yes. plays like well, a little bit little bit game of roulette with her at the cinema obsessed unbelievable <laughs> uh, if you had to get rid of one tomorrow twitter or instagram twitter yeah. it's hatred anyway isn't it yeah. right don't know how don't know how much you're into this one this is one from one of the nerds but star wars or lord of the rings if you could live in a universe which one would you live in Definitely Lord of the Rings. I'm more of like a Lord of the Rings gal. Um, Love that. I'm not really into Star Wars. Um, my brother's husband is obsessed. So, <laughs> but like, so I kind of probably need to like do it for him. But no, I'm sorry. Right now, I'm going to say Lord of the Rings. I love that. Love yeah. that. Everybody said Lord of the Rings. Actually. That one's really interesting. Do you have a quote that you sort of inadvertently live by? Like, it just kind of if somebody goes, "What's your quote?" and it just kind of sits in the back of your brain. Yeah, and I've got it on my wall. Um, over Please there. don't say live, laugh, love. But no, <laughs> it's actually love your life. No, just joking. It's not. It's, uh, tomorrow's success is based on today's performance. Um, and it's a quote that uh, means so much to me. Like me and my dad, um, we basically saw it on holiday one day, and Dad was like, lives by it through and through. And I didn't understand it until like a couple of years ago. Slash, it was during lockdown. And I suddenly was like, like that, like dropping point I was like I am just I finally understand it um and he got it like printed on a board for me and gave it to me for a Christmas present one year which he doesn't really do presents so I was like oh that's really nice and caring and thoughtful dad thanks so yeah I've got it on my wall wake up to it every day and it's there and obviously it's in white writing and then a blue background for Scotland so I love that a little bit a little bit of home in in Durham (laughs) right and last one for the quick fire section your go-to fast food outlet when you're just like driving home somewhere or you're you just fancy a cheat meal mcdonald's all the way the chips are great the chicken selects are great if you go anywhere else you're not gonna get and i've had bad experiences in other ones so like i went to burger king and they didn't have any burgers and i was like i thought that was a new title um so yeah mcdonald's always so good and it's on the way home from durham to when i'm driving Obviously, after training and stuff like that, because don't yeah. have that before training. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's brave if you have that before training. Oh gosh, I couldn't cope. It would literally just like sit here. <laughs> but afterwards, 
<laughs> I love that. That's so, me and you are living to the same thing because like chicken selects, like KFC is now obsolete to me because the chicken selects are so good at McDonald's. Yeah, they're it's and the, yeah, the chicken is just so succulent, and you're just like, yes, I'm winning in life. I yeah. feel healthy, even though I'm really, really bloody not, but <laughs> it feels great. It's chicken. I grew up on eat your chicken, and you're you're yeah. fine. So, <laughs> right, a couple of questions. I gave you a little bit more time for, but a favorite piece of memorabilia that you've managed to pick up on your travels throughout the world of sport so um actually it's my it's my first it's my actual first cap um so basically when we originally got awarded our first cap um i came home so it was in italy when i got uh, awarded it and my dad was like oh my gosh so what's what did you get I was like, oh, like I got a card from like my uh, teammates and I've got it in my book. And he was like, he didn't understand because when he got his first cap, like he actually got like an official cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years later, slash, it was last year, um, we, we had our like final, uh, we had a camp together and our head coach bought us all our first caps. Um, and like actual says like Scottish hockey on it. And it's just, it was just really like a special moment for us all because nobody in the history of Scottish hockey has ever actually got an official cap. Um, so, yeah, that's like a really, really special moment for me to have picked that's, that one up because it doesn't really, yeah, it's really special. It's that's so wholesome. I would love to be anything, just to be in the, I love it when I hear stories like that and yeah. how these emotions like really get that and I'd love to be in that room when they were getting handed out. Well, that sounds, that sounds so perfect, having that first cap and actually getting it. I hope you've got it somewhere safe. Is it, is it back up at home or is it down with you in Durham? Yeah, it's um, it's at home and I've actually requested my dad to like engrave it with my actual first date and, well, not engrave, but like the threading of mm-hmm. it. And then um, I'm going to hopefully get it framed because he's got like on a like, tiny wee staircase, he's got like his um, different caps um, kind of framed and they just look so cool and it's just really special. So hopefully awesome. I get to add that collection and when i get my own house i can make my own staircase <laughs> that's, that's an expensive staircase that's, yeah oh gosh no it's tiny it's little wooden and then it's just on the wall so it's fine <laughs> still it's a very that'd be a very prestigious staircase to walk do you now have your sights set on a goal of like a favorite piece of memorabilia uh, memorabilia piece you'd look to add to your collection so i i would love to because like as scottish hockey we're like it's quite hard to actually push ourselves within tournaments and everything so just like a medal at a tournament like bronze silver gold gold if anything um a couple of years ago i missed out on selection on the european a b division which was held at glasgow green um which was understandable because there were better players that kind of stepped in so that was fine um just missed out on that and they won a uh, promotion and got gold and that looked like a well as part of their journey, it was a very special medal for us all, but I didn't obviously get one because I didn't play. Um, so either like a European medal or even like a Commonwealth Games, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool. But yeah, just I'm quite content with my cap or even like a hundredth cap or something like that. That would be or the quake that they get when they get 50. But that's like in my dreams, dreams. So we'll see. See what happens. Their goals, and now you're putting them out in the world, so that's manifestation right there. Yes, so. exactly. Being positive. Exactly. You've not got, not got that many to go. Just go. Like you've done it. You've done it once. You can do it millions of times. Hopefully, coming back from injury, I hopefully can. Let's see. Exactly. Just see. Built, built different. I believe is the phrase that I say the kids use. I feel really old when I say that, but built I hear different. people just built different. That's what you got to be. Like that. 
There we go. Quick, quick fires to carry on Hastings. Done, dusted, sorted. Love. Everything we need is no. And you're not going to get any grief because you gave really sensible answers on Twitter. So nobody's going to be like, oh. <laughs> they might, they might call you an anarchist for the popcorn, but that'll just be me on my burner account. But. That's that's totally fine. I <laughs> I will stand by my sweet and salty popcorn all day, every day. I've got <laughs> massive packets. If I'm out, I need to go out to the shops to get specifically that the best snack ever. I love that. That's brave. I love people that are passionate about little things, so I love that. So we're going to have to go right to the start, Kerry Ann. Hockey, when did it first come into your life? Was it the day you could walk or did dad sort of like keep pushing you towards the rugby ball and he's like, can you stop picking up the stick? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, to be fair, it was when I was eight years old, um, my school offered hockey um, Mm. in our little game sessions that we got on a Friday afternoon um and went to my first hockey session and absolutely loved it um yeah I and that's kind of basically how I started and then from there I kind of progressed um through playing club and stuff and then worked my way but when we were younger we were um doing all types of sports um it's a bit of a joking family that I've tried a lot of different sports before I actually found my actual sport of hockey um with a couple of tantrums on the way um, but yeah it was it was great and we I was really fortunate enough where my street is like um quite a quiet street so we always used to play in the street uh we were the street kids and just like tig um and then we made up random names and red red river and all that sort of stuff polo kirby um and then unfortunately we lived around, like lived around the corner from harriet's um rugby grounds shock um <laughs> near rugby field and we went around there and played rounders and dad took us and smashed the ball about. But I can't really remember picking up a rugby ball when I was younger. Like I would maybe be on the sideline, but I wouldn't really go towards the rugby ball. He was no. he liked going to a different sport because then he could watch something else. So that was... <laughs> I love the thought of your dad having like, there's no rugby balls in the house rule. He's like, no, as soon as I walk out that door, I'm sick of it. So I want nothing... <laughs> He saw you got the hockey stick and he's just in the back. He's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because to be fair, my brother played hockey. So um, mm-hmm. my brother hated rugby when he was younger, but growing up, like, absolutely would refuse to go to school because he has to play rugby. Um, and then he, when he moved in senior school, he then picked up a hockey stick and loved it, was obsessed. And my dad didn't bat an eyelid. He was just like, you know what, if he's enjoying the sport, then that's all I kind of like. And the first mm-hmm. time we went to go and watch my brother, um, he started like screaming like he's offside ref like all this sort of stuff and the ball the ball went forward it's like no it can it can do that in that game so yeah he needs to learn the rules a bit but wrong sport dad love the yeah, passion but wrong sport yeah but no it's uh... that's amazing so you know the question I'm going to ask you when you mentioned you have a running joke of a lot of sports didn't really go your way what sports were these tennis and really? um, I went to tennis because obviously my brother did it, so then I had to follow mm-hmm. his footsteps. Um, and I was actually quite good, but we to warm up, we played, like, you know, when you hold the tennis racket and the ball, mm-hmm. and you do the egg and spoon race, like, love and life, obviously was winning. Um, and then somebody stood in my shoe, and then my shoe fell off, and then I lost the race. And I'm not joking, I didn't go back to tennis again, because I lost that race. <laughs> I was trying, I barely sure that's how I'm missing. Then... Previous to that, I completely forgot. Um, I was in the, I was a ballerina, and I was that kid that was holding onto the teacher's hand and like waving at the side, being like, "Mom," not dancing whatsoever, and I was not coordinated. Um, gymnastics did a bit of that, got injured from that, but I also couldn't do the splits nor touch my toes, so it didn't really work well for me. 
Um, <laughs> what else did I do? Cross country, cried every single race. Um, but I actually did okay, like in it. But I actually would have like the biggest meltdown before it. Um, what caused yeah. the meltdown? Yeah, I just would freak out. I was scared. I didn't like the like pushing and shoving at the beginning. So okay. that was and I had um when I was younger, like I got diagnosed with um like asthma. So like every time I finished a race I was having an asthma attack. But that's like we didn't know whether it was asthma or me just panicking and freaking out. So it was like a mixture of both. <laughs> I was gonna say asthma and long distance cross country running don't really lend into each other. It doesn't, it really doesn't, especially when it's cold. And that's when you normally run cross country. So mm -hmm. that wasn't great. Okay. What other sports did I do? Did a bit of dance. I was shite at that. Um, <laughs> then, sorry. T 22 minutes in and the censoring has stopped. <laughs> you went from sugar to shite. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there's a couple of different sports. And then, and then I did actually, so then I started like honing in on hockey. Oh no, I did ice skating. Forgot about that one. I actually was okay. I was going to be the new person, uh, new John and Sinead Care. They're kind of like really good like brother and sister who did ice skating and my brother tried it and he was shite so as well so <laughs> that. um but then hockey and ice skating clashed on the same day but I wanted to do some hockey so I pushed my hockey and then did athletics as well so like worked athletics and hockey either side and then had to pick from there so I did quite a few sports um you gave it a good try you didn't just find one you really like you you tested you tested the waters yeah and each time like I learned something new tennis exactly. I learned you can't chuck your toys at the pram and if you don't win it doesn't matter um ice skating if you fall down you have to pick yourself back up or you're not gonna ice skate uh yeah learn loads of di different things gymnastics you're rubbish at that dance you're rubbish just leave it leave it be <laughs> move on to different sport <laughs> in fairness if there was one sport i wish my parents had sent me to it'd been gymnastics like you see every time you watch the olympics or the commonwealth or even just the championships you're like i i don't know how a human can do that yeah it's incredible they're amazing and they're so strong as well like you you watch me like oh you're making that look so easy but all my days yeah. i can't i can't even hold myself like i'm too heavy i just drop <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking you're speaking to the, the five foot eight former prop so i i respect like i respect that people worry when people worry when i go like you know you know the trend of like decompressing your back like all the rage at the moment yes i have to do that for my rehab and i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> get trickers yeah. get one of the um like stretch bands uh-huh put one of your feet in that and then that takes some of your weight and then you just let it drop oh my gosh i'm gonna try that tomorrow excellent thank you for the fun fact fun tip it's, it's, it's how to make sure like my little my little arms the <laughs> the arm version of cancos is what i call them <laughs> like ergonomically designed not to wear a watch like i just have four <laughs> arm and hands like i don't have wrist <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've never heard that phrase. Never, that I, I think I might have to coin it because not many other people have, but they do normally get that yeah. reaction. But no, that's that's very good. I think listeners, that's if you are if you are a member of the RARM community, let me know. We will get some sort of helpline arranged because <laughs> I I got a watch for my twenty first birthday and I think I've worn it like four times because it just <laughs> is uncomfortable. <laughs> Bless you. Okay, so um, how do you how do you get back to a serious podcast after declaring that you have fat wrists? Uh, <laughs> hockey. I want to talk about hockey as a sport because I went to play in PE. I looked <laughs> This is why I love doing this podcast because, like, if, when people read this thing, they never think they're going to hear two people just giggling about arms for no, ten minutes. No, that's <laughs> the way that you did it. You're like these. <laughs> this, uh, this little T Rex motion. <laughs> 
I'm good. People are gonna think I'm like so ergonomically flawed. Like if they don't, if they just listen to the audio, they're like, this guy must be the most weird-looking man on the planet. <laughs> so we get to you get to hockey. You've done all your sports. You've tried everything. You've cried at other kids for stepping on your shoes. You've fallen over a few times on the ice. When did you decide hockey was a safe sport? Because we did it for PE and the everybody was like, oh, rugby players are the big hard guys. And we used to look at people that did like hockey or mountain biking as in, you guys are psychopaths. Yeah. Because if you've never felt a hockey ball or even worse, if you've never heard somebody hit a hockey ball, it is like a brick. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty brutal to say the least. It's, uh, yeah, I never actually have like been like, oh, this is safe. But I've just gone, oh, I really like this. This is fun. So, yeah, I don't really... I think the day that I start fearing about the ball, I think that's when you probably need to step away because then your reactions are off. But, no, I've just... I love it. Because, like, you can trust yourself. And, like, the more that you... Like, the more you do it, you can kind of react. You kind of know how it works. Do you know if mm-hmm. you hit a ball or, like, the way that you see somebody hit a ball, you know it's going to come towards you. Um to be honest, I feel safe in like international field. Somebody drives looking at than I do on a school pitch. Like I can't tell you the amount of balls that have smashed my feet, or a kid that I've been standing still has like turned around and like smashed me in the shin. <laughs> it kills because you you're not wearing any shin pads or anything because like or gum shield. You don't coach with a gum shield and shin pads on. But oh my gosh, the bruises that I come out with from teaching actually in school, and my only concussion. I've ever had mm-hmm. touch food, um, was when I was coaching, um, because somebody the ball just went up into the side of my head and I was fully concussed. Bad. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so teaching is the real danger here. It's got nothing to do with the sport. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Don't coach or teach. Um, just play it because <laughs> you've got safety equipment. Got stick to protect you. You say you say you've got safety equipment. I don't know who thought the rules and like the mechanics of the sport and thought all they need is a small piece of rubber in between their teeth. And like small bits of like thermosetting plastic down their sock, and then that's fine. And then sort of went, no, that's a bit anarchistic. And he went, yeah, that's right. We'll put a very thin sort of face mask on for a short corner, yeah. which I can only I can only compare that to being put in front of a firing squad. Because when we did it, we did it for PE, and they went, okay, boys, this is the short corner. And it was always for some reason it was just the men's like the boys rugby team and the women's hockey team. Yeah. And immediately the teachers took that as this is this is boys v girls. And we obviously were like 16, 17, giving it big looks. We're like, oh yeah, we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And we're like, we'll defend, we'll defend the short corner, we're fine. And then we did the first one. And one of the girls at my school, she literally uh, she took a golf swing at it. Like that the prime prime Tiger Woods stepped onto our onto our pitch. And she literally just leathered it. And it flew like between me and my best mate, like between us, like head height. And like hit the roof of the net and because we had like you know the old school hockey goals that were like three bits of wood and a metal bolt bar yes yeah yeah the people i don't know if you ever went to people's high but like that's uh-huh, not changed yeah. that's still there like so we had that and literally this thing dinged as in like an old cowboy movie when they used to spit in a bucket <laughs> and like you've never seen 14 boys just like stop and stand still and just go like this can't be allowed class <laughs> so like like who does the safety for this like are you guys campaigning for armor because i would be to be f- no not at all like in <laughs> to be fair the short corners are getting um yeah they're getting even more dangerous because people are becoming more powerful especially in the men's game mm-hmm. uh the, 
power behind their drag flick is ridiculous. Um, so I don't know what's actually going to happen with that. And like, yeah, if I'm in the like in the PCD penalty corner defence, um, like I chuck on everything as much as possible just to. But the people are like, oh, why would you actually run out to the ball? But actually, if you run out to the ball, the closest person, you're actually the safest person. And that's what they always say, like, the closer you are to the ball, the safer you are, because actually the trajectory of the ball isn't going to be that quick. But if you stand further away, it gradually increases pace. It's going to then smash you and hurt you. So, yeah, that's why you basically see people, like, run at people who are just about to take this, like, ruthless shot, because they know that they're actually safer. And if you then block, so, like, their follow-through swing, you mm -hmm. can then stop the power of the ball. So, like, you kind of try and get your stick in to then, yeah, to, like, then stop the power yeah it's really interesting so, yeah. oh, all right so i've just realized people might not know what a penalty corner is so can you give oh. me the very briefest like how it would look on a pitch like okay so basically if a foul happens in the circle so if a defender kicks the ball um mm. then basically what happens is four defenders have to so time stops four defenders have to go in the goal with their goalkeeper there's that like they're here and then the attackers stand around the outside of the circle and basically it's kind of like football where you can kick the ball in and then there's like set plays that people kind of create so um the ball gets like injected by the injector trap and then you basically can go towards goal but you're not allowed to hit it above back backward height because it's dangerous on the first shot mm -hmm. unless you're like lifting the ball um controlledly like safely so yeah and it's basically like seven people versus like five but no quick maths eight people versus five people um so technically you should score but actually it's quite hard to score because it's like such a small area to try and like do loads of like two v one stuff hopefully that makes sense sorry that was probably a wee bit longer than you hoped that makes that makes perfect sense Thanks. five 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 people get told stand here and yeah. basically kamikaze run towards a ball yeah. eight people stand around the edge of a very small circle and you have to try and guess which one's going to hit it at you and then yes. you have to get there. Yeah, that's it. Look at that. Brilliant. Get me on the coaching screen. That's it. Because <laughs> okay. my, my, my genuine mantra for that would be scream really loudly as you run forward, like a pure intimidation <laughs> tactic. Yeah. Like, it would look like some sort of like Native American film. Like, oh, just, just yell. <laughs> mm, love. So you've now, done, you've now done hockey. You've found the sport for you. You've realised that this is suicidal in the politest way possible while you're yeah. trying to play for 80 minutes mm -hmm. you start then getting really good at this sport because i know whenever people like to say that they are really good at stuff but if you're representing your country you're very very good at something so you then start getting picked up to these like under 18 squads and things like that how do these how do these come about like so you're playing at school at this moment or have you got a club alongside this as well yeah so started off at school and then from there i then wanted to, so i was young i did like the junior program there's quite a lot of them um, actually scotland's really good for its junior setups and um, loads of different clubs so i went to Cala hockey club and trained mm -hmm. on this every single sunday and then every like four weeks or so they played little tournaments against all the other junior clubs and it was like the cutest thing um i loved it and then from there i then started trying to they then put me forward to trial for something called east district um so it's like district so like there's east Northwest, Southwest, um, Highlands, mm -hmm. and then you trial basically. So Edinburgh's kind of like the East, Glasgowish is the West. Um, you trial to try and get into that squad, and then they do 
well, this is back in the day, it's changed now. Um, but they do like a tournament against all these different districts. And then from there, the Scotland coaches come and watch you. And then they then pick the best players that they see um, or they want to like see trial. And that, that started in, I would say about October time, October, November time we had the districts. So then in December, January, that's when you had your trialing phase. And then April, like March, April, May, June was when we did the, the international season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how like it all started. So yeah, did did school, then went to club and then club kind of put me forward for these districts. And then when I start getting a wee bit better at school and seeing at school, they then start putting me forward and I just worked kind of worked my way through two years at each age group um started off under under 14 mixed east district was my first one um and that was like seven aside and it was the cutest thing um and I've still got like an old photo and I'm like oh my gosh tiny um and then did that two years in a row then did on 15s 16s twice 18s and then each year I kind of got selected for like the Scotland um side of things so yeah started off with under 16 development scotland and my first funnily enough my first ever like scotland development um game was actually at durham uh, against like a usa team which is so weird now that i'm actually here and playing on that same off pitch well newly laid but it's like same facility. same place same same area yeah it's it's ridiculous um so yeah that's how you kind of like work your way but it's completely changed now they've got different and then like i worked from like 18s then onto 21s and 21s kind of steps through to the seniors but mm-hmm. um nowadays it's completely different they've got like emerge and um i should definitely know this but they've got different names for them so it's like performance and development we used to call them but now they're calling them like emerging and uh, inspiring inspiring and emerging or something and then it's basic but it's basically okay um, it's like it's like growth like growth levels like development yeah yeah and then like they kind of work themselves through that so yeah, there are definitely different links and stuff but other people so some people didn't get the opportunity when they were younger um and then we used to have a tournament called the super series tournament where they brought in like the best of the best in scotland um club players to play against each other so we had like edinburgh lightning and um, dundee devils and we played a master tournament and then from there the scottish coaches would come and watch and a couple of my friends had been selected from then to step into the senior squad even though they didn't like do like they didn't get pulled in through so yeah, there's loads of different ways. It's amazing. It's cool. I love that. I love those big sort of franchise ones where they just bring people together and play yeah. them because I know that's quite common in other sports. I didn't know they did that in hockey, so I love that. They so when, when you say they do those tournaments, are they just like a, a one-day thing and it's like shorter games or is it they do like a, a mini-season type thing where it's like three or four games in a couple of weeks? Wish could do a mini-season, but it, so when they did do it, they haven't done it for the past because of COVID and stuff. They just didn't mm-hmm. do it. So pre-COVID, they did it twice and it was literally friday saturday sunday um they just did like a round robin so i think it was three so and they did like full games so like a full proper like proper game like music and all that sort of stuff and it was held at glasgow green national hockey center um and then after covid like we've not they've not done it since i think they might bring it back i don't know as of yet um but it's really it's a good way to like actually have a good weekend out yeah make it like a sevens tournament i'd make it like a sevens tournament sounds good Mm, no, it's definitely not nights out. It's definitely performance focused yeah. and wanting to, oh. yeah. I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean for the people playing. I mean just oh, like a weekend out. Yeah, thousand percent for the people. Well, yeah. when you see people watching, not a lot of people come and watch hockey, so that's the next part. But we'll hope we get there. But that's that's how we get this. It grows with it takes just a few people. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Two people go, everybody brings a friend, then you got four, then you got that that's really good math. I can't do that. <laughs> how the first seven students started. Just took six people go, I'm gonna go watch that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I have it on good authority. That is how the first ever seven tournament went down. Hey, so sorry to interrupt the podcast. This is something I wanted to tell you about, and it's something I wanted to explain before I just go around throwing it everywhere, because this is something that was quite difficult for me to decide to do. It took a lot of deliberation and a lot of discussion with friends and family. I have now created an option where you can tip the podcast or you can reward the podcast if you feel the podcast deserves it. There is an option down below where I found, I went on the internet, I found this website that wants to reward content. Just wow. two people. Real. <laughs> Actually, I think it's not about making money for Melrose, but we won't we won't discuss that. <laughs> they've got enough. They've got enough money. I I go to their clubhouse to commentate. I've seen their cash. <laughs> so the when you got called to that development squad, I love hearing about the people. In fact, because when we see athletes and we see people from the world of sport, we get very desensitized to their emotions because we see the performance side of what they yeah. do. When you get these under-16s development score call, when you get the under-18s age representative call-ups, mm-hmm. how does this affect you? Because obviously like, people forget when they see, when somebody sees U18s, they think, oh, young adult. They don't think technically still at school could be as young as fifth year in high school. Mm-hmm. So how does Kerry ann the person who's still laughing, joking, thinking I've got double maths on Wednesday and now I've got to make sure I'm getting past it in because I've got Holland at the weekend or something like that. Sorry, Netherlands. Uh, yeah, no, no, Holland, Netherlands, yeah, yeah, no, the same. Um, to be honest, like, I was, because I was brought up, like, playing sport basically every single night, every every waking minute, it, it wasn't too much of a difference for me. Um, and it wasn't that I was forced into it. My mum and dad were amazing for supporting me. If I didn't want to go to training, they would sit me down and go, like, okay, why do you not want to go to training? And not be like, no, you're going, like, you have to do this. Now, don't get me wrong, some days they were like, carry on you're going to training because number one we paid for this and number two you're just being lazy or but like if I actually had hurt myself or I had too much homework they'd be like okay that's fine we'll miss this tonight but then just try and like let's try and get to the next training session because I love my sport so going and playing like England or Ireland or Wales or the Netherlands and getting smashed 15 nil one weekend um yeah it was it was like kind of having like two different lives in a way because like school carry on yeah like I was good like good at sport in school um but yeah you just have to sit down and crack on like you're not you're not anything special like you need to do well in your classroom activities do you know what I mean like you have to be getting your homework on time they're not going to give you that excuse of oh well she was I don't know well yeah fair enough if you're actually playing like a hockey tournament they would kind of be a bit more lenient but if I just had training, they'd be like, you have to get on with it. Like, it's your choice to go and train. Like, mm-hmm. you need to get an education first. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, it's kind of like two lives in a way. Like, I would leave school and then kind of go training. And then, yeah, we'd get to go to a tournament and get read out in assembly. Like, oh, Carrie Ann was playing here with, uh, like, read out. And, and just, yeah, it was just a bit. How, how did those assemblies feel? Were they like a... Awkward. Was it like a cringe or was it just like this is <laughs> Yeah, cringe. Cause like to be fit well, like at the time, like, yeah, cringy because I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so embarrassing. Like I don't wanna talk about myself. I don't like like I wouldn't like I wouldn't toot my own horn. I wouldn't really tell people like what was kind of happening. Unless they asked me, like sensei mm-hmm. or my teachers. Um but yeah, I didn't like getting read out in assembly. It was really awkward. But now working in a school 
um I'm like the teacher that's complete opposite like I big it up as much as possible because at the end of the day like in a way I reckon like I wish it was celebrated a wee bit more because some of these things are cool like I look back and I go Karen at that age that you're playing for Scotland under 16s against like an Netherlands team that's amazing like not a lot of kids get that opportunity why didn't you celebrate it more and that's one thing that I now struggle with is celebrating the small wins rather than actually the bit like I wait for the big wins for an actual fact to be able to succeed in your sport or life you have to be able to celebrate the small wins and be really happy and proud of like them um because if you try and strive for the bigger wins you're going to be disappointed like quite often do you know what I mean mm -hmm. so um yeah so I'm like that teacher's like you're amazing I'm so proud of you like you don't realize how good you are like I try and give them as much positive energy as possible especially women in sport as well because we put ourselves down like a fair bit or we don't get as much like oomph and coverage you know like I think they deserve women's mm -hmm. sports deserve it as well Oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir there. I've got myself in more trouble for not for bigging up women's sport more than I should in permanent jobs. But uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Let's talk about that. But there. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> the the people the people that I helped know who they are and they've helped me in return. So big love to them. But yeah, that's amazing. It's, you can you can do a bit of deducing if you go on to the podcast history of who it is and who they've helped because. I don't know many international people, so if I know them, it's normally through an event. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, um, you spoke nicely on the family there, like you said, mum and dad were really, really good at being, if you are hurt, if you are just run down, it's like, okay, right, we missed this training, but then we work on how we get back to it. But did having the family, obviously the family pedigree, like I said before, I don't want to make this just about the family, but obviously you have that, you have that skill set around you of that mindset and that time management effectively because that's kind of what it comes down to especially when you're like a kid athlete and a student athlete yeah did that have have that arranged did that help you and did it is this something you've now realized that like you said looking back on you're like oh this has been really handy just having these tips and tricks oh my gosh a thousand percent like i can't thank like my mom <coughs> nothing and yes like it it's like oh my gosh well oh you're the hastings and pedigree and stuff like that and to be honest i don't mind because like i am proud to be part of that family because they are incredible and it's not only my dad that was amazing at sport like my mum was like um a Scottish triathlon champion and biathlon champion and nearly went to the Commonwealth Games for her swimming and so actually I want to celebrate that as well and be like yeah I, I am proud because it's it's not like they because they worked hard I think that's the key thing that I actually I don't mind actually being part of some a family that has worked hard to get somewhere they haven't just like been like I don't know they haven't called upon their friends like they've actually had to like put in the graft to be able to get there but um they drove me everywhere they um picked me up they my mum was incredible making me pack pack teas I love to pack tea that was like <laughs> the greatest she was amazing at it the, the original meal prepping the original yeah, meal prep. exactly like small little sandwiches like wrapped in tinfoil or like and then she would bring me clothes like if it was raining or it's just like these tiny tiny wee things that go such a long way and like I'm so grateful for and now I do I do pride myself on like my organization my nutrition like that's kind of like well I've got better with my nutrition but um when we're not going to McDonald's after training but absolutely I don't do that that often exactly. <laughs> uh, I used to do that at uni but not anymore I can't <laughs> um and yeah they definitely helped me with my small hacks but also like the key thing that they definitely taught me was appreciating the coaches and 
that it's not only me as a um, player going, the coach is going there and they're giving up their night to coach you. And my mum and dad would always say, make sure you go and say thank you to the coaches, no matter what. That was literally the standard please and thank yous. Manners cost nothing. And yeah, I would always make sure that I would go up. If it was like absolutely chucking it down, if it was sunny and gorgeous, if they were having a rubbish day, I was having, I would make sure that I would always go, thank you very much like for coaching. I really do appreciate it. Or like help them, do you know, help bringing the equipment in, doing those small things. Like they taught me that when I was in the car or like just before I was like getting in the car, like those tiny little things. Um, yeah, have I, I can't thank them enough for that, to be honest. So yeah, they've been amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, love, I really appreciate that. I think it's great that somebody is just, I, it takes a lot to be that self-aware to be like, oh, I forget that these people are helping me as much as I'm trying to help myself. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I would not be where I am without mm-hmm. anybody around me. I don't, I don't take credit for my, I just think that I get there. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm just like, I, I just think everybody else does it. And then they're like, no, you're the one that's doing the hard work. I'm like, no, actually, like, I'm just getting, I'm just doing what I'm told. Like, and I'm saying, thank you. Please and thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you have to do. I love that. I really, really do love that. I think if there's one thing people take away from this episode, I love that. Say thank you to your coaches, especially thank you to your mum and dad if they're driving you up and down because depending on where you're listening. If you're from rural Scotland, you'll all know there's no buses. You have to rely on the, the taxi service of mum and dad. Yeah. So forever grateful. Yeah. Now, you touched on it nicely there. I, I had it. I think people are going to think that I hand out my notes to my guests before because <laughs> everybody does a great job of just going, oh, and then I mentioned this. I'm looking at my next bullet point thinking, oh, she, she said that. That's great. That. <laughs> you, you've, you mentioned your family. And obviously, I could have done a whole series just on your family. Oh, literally, literally your bloodline because <laughs> mum almost went to the Commonwealth Games. Your mum's an incredible athlete. Yeah. You're an incredible athlete. Brother plays hockey. Incredible athlete. I feel like I say incredible athlete for everybody now, so I'm going to do something to her. Your dad, he was all right. <laughs> yeah, he's average. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> There's many cool hooks, Scott. Come on. We, we just need jerseys. So... <laughs> Not this one, this is my favorite. No, that's yeah, that's true. I'm not taking that one. That one that one's, that one's been cozy. Yeah. Uh yeah, how does that like I imagine Christmas is kind of fun because like the sports background, obviously, we've got it here. We have like a good bit of a laugh. You're not afraid to laugh at yourself. Yeah. Do you ever just like do you ever just have like a bit of a laugh and like the I imagine family dinner is quite fun when everybody's around. How's yeah. that how's that family in the house? Like, is it like a I imagine I imagine like Monopoly's uh like a, an angsty affair. Yeah, no, like immediate family. Um, like me, mum, dad, brother, mm-hmm. uh, we used to love playing like board games, but oh my days, it would cause the biggest arguments ever. We were so competitive. What um, was the board game that used to break hearts? Because we have Scrabble in our house. Like that's, that was a Christmas one and that went down really badly. This, this so we're, we're all quite like, it's not like we're thick, but we're not like the most like <laughs> intelligent, not really wordy. Yeah, let's no. We're not gonna go down that route. We didn't do that. So Monopoly was Disney Monopoly, obviously, played that, that one a lot and I won all the time. Um I didn't cheat as well. Like genuinely, hands up, I'm not a cheater. I hate it. That's one thing I do not like doing. Um so yeah, Monopoly. We also used to play it's called Great Game of Britain. And it's basically okay. like a massive map. And we actually played it at Christmas time and dad tweeted about it. It was actually quite funny. Um a massive map of um Great Britain. And you, it's like railway tracks and you have to try and get to different places. So that caused a bit of um, 
Ag. And then something called Phase 10 is like a, I think it's a German game, but like it's a German card game. And it's quite similar to Rummy or I think it's quite similar to Uno. Um, So yeah, we used to play that um, quite a lot. And yeah, it would get quite heated to say the least. Um, But yeah, now we, we also have like crack as well. Um, like we just like sitting and chatting to be honest and um, we always used to because we were always out um, when we were younger training and stuff we would usually have tea in the car or mm-hmm. so when like we did come together we liked sitting down putting everything off um, and trying to actually have a conversation and like check in and how everyone's kind of getting on and stuff and um, dad would always like be like so like and do all these like <laughs> what's your favourite holiday or like where would you want to go in the like just small little like things <laughs> favorite season and we would go on like deep chat tangents and stuff so he loves like conversation and everything he's really good at that that. um but yeah but like christmas oh my days carnage absolutely (laughs) it's just hilarious we just take the mick out each other every like all the immediate facts like gavin adam holly diane like emily greg we've got like a huge little family um Mm -hmm. and we just take the mick the whole time but we also catch up because we've not like seen each other probably that often but um it's uh, obviously sport gets talked about and we're just like, oh, like golf. <laughs> golf is a big subject in the Hastings family and I hate it. I can't stand it. It's boring. No, no. Do you know what? I reckon you'd ironically be quite good at it as well. I think I could be. Um, I think I've, I could have a good drive on me. Mm-hmm. However, my putting skills aren't very good because like, I've, I don't know my own strengths. So I just like hit it really quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, golf is not the one. But we quite like... Yeah, sitting and checking in, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, do you chat about like your tactics about like how the you glory stuff? days?" Yeah, <laughs> I ask, like I love asking my dad and my uncle like what mm-hmm. what they've done and stuff, and what was their favorite moment because they'll they'll share like the truth if that means like not like truth, do you know what I mean? But like they'll come up with like the tiny little like snippets where if you're on like I don't know, they're on a show, they probably share different things and stuff, so it's quite mm-hmm. nice for that, but. Yeah, we just like being the Hastings fam, just normal people, which is lovely. That's Love that's it. the reality TV show I actually want to see. Yeah. Would you would you do that? Could you could you could you do a Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Keeping Up with the Hastings? Oh my gosh, I I don't watch Keeping Up with Kardashians, but I Keeping Up with the Hastings would be very entertaining. That would be next level for sure. <laughs> I just let's cap it. I've I've never watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians either, but I I reckon <laughs> yeah, I get the gist yeah. of it. But no. Um, <laughs> No, not for me. Selling Sunset, that was my vibe. But I'm, oh my days, unbelievable. But I'm, a big, just... I'm, I'm, I'm secretly quite a big realtor fan, so I was actually looking, expecting to look at houses. Mm-hmm. And after about That's... episode four, I was like, I'm raging. Like, you're sat in this beautiful house and we're talking about who got drunk at the Christmas party. I want and like, show me around the house. At least walk around while you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. There you go. A snippet of Selling Sunset is what you need to watch if you want to. Yes. Yeah, I will petition and Netflix you're doing the Six Nations documentary. So if you do, keep it up with these things. Yeah. Presenter right here. Presenter is right here. We will and let now you know. We, now we join Kerry Ann. She's battering her brother because he cheated him off. <laughs> he took three hundred <laughs> he took three hundred quid when he went past go and that was the last anybody saw them. <laughs> he didn't buy Peter Pan, I was raging. That's actually the properties. Like Peter Pan. Characters, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's class. It's so good. What's, uh, what's the Mayfair one and the Disney one? I've never played the Disney board. Um, so so I don't actually know the normal Monopoly. So is it like... Mayfair's the dark blue, the ones just before, the, like just, right round. Yeah, before you get to go again. Yeah. Oh, 
interestingly, it's Aladdin and Pinocchio. And you wouldn't think that. Oh, no, no, I'm lying. I'm fully lying. They're green. Um, it's 101 Dalmatians. And okay. is it? I think it is Aladdin. That's that's how long I haven't. I need to basically play it again. I haven't played it for so long. I'm going to have to play it next time I'm home this weekend. <laughs> Are you home this weekend? Yes, the hard, yes. Just going to walk in and just throw the cups of tea off the but table. <laughs> It is happening. Yeah, no, I've got um, a Scotland train to go up for, so got a game on Saturday down in Durham and then have to pop up on the train to Scotland training Sunday and then back down on Sunday night for uh, work. Woo! We love it. Have you got something for the legs? Because that, that sounds like cramp waiting to happen. Yeah. Compression leggings, for sure. Well, that's probably a mental thing, but I'll just have to try. And, and also, the trains aren't even on strikes. So that's the next part. Um, so I've had to be like I've been driving and stuff up and down. So hopefully the trains will be okay. I don't know. It's fingers fingers crossed then. Mm-hmm. And then I get to hear about how your game went on Saturday. Yes. Uh-huh. I've I've also distracted by board games and planning a reality TV show. Uh-huh. When did I get to it? Uh, uni Uni seems like the next logical place to go. We're still going through the life the life story of Kerry Ann, the person who happens to play hockey. Uni and being an international athlete because. Uni, as we discussed, a 4am McDonald's is a very appetising prospect. Yes. Professional athlete, not very agreeing with a McDonald's Golden Arches trip at 4am. How is the lifestyle there? Because I, I really struggle to feel how people have to keep, because such a regimented lifestyle is required as an athlete. Yeah. And uni is a lot of, don't feel like that lecture today, kind of feel like day drinking. How do these two intertwine and did you, how did you cope with those two lifestyles? Yeah, so I basically... By the, to be honest, like by the you end, were you were you were Durham Uni, weren't you? So I went to Thumbria Uni, for my undergrad, um, which is in Newcastle, which obviously is quite a big party city, to say the least. Um, and I actually by by the end of school, I kind of got a wee bit not fed up with hockey, but I got a wee bit like done with it. Um, so when I was applying for university, I still wanted to go to like a uni that was all right at hockey, um, but like not too much. Um, okay. So, because like back when I was 16, I basically took a break from hockey because I hated it so much. Um, Don't tell me about that. What caused the hatred? um, Not hatred, but just dislike. Just was doing too much. I was doing hockey and athletics at the same time. Um, It was all, and then I had a lot of work on and I just was like, I am fed up of going to an athletics competition or going to a hockey game and missing out on like all the social activities that are going Mm. on in school. Um, so like I come in on a Monday morning and like people are chatting like they've gone to a house party for the first time and I'm missing out on all that and I hated it so I was like right that's me done quit I literally fully all my coaches I was like I'm done see you later I'm not I'm not doing anything first week I was loving it I was like catching up with a couple of friends like I was going into town and getting a frappuccino from Starbucks and I was so excited um week two and obviously started wearing off and I was like oh am I do I really I kind of miss it a wee bit. I'm missing kind of my friends. I, I forgot I actually did have friends at these other like <laughs> social, like hockey and athletics. You do still have friends. So I was missing them a wee bit. And then week three, I was like, I've made the wrong decision here. Um, but then actually it was a really good learning curve because a lot of my coaches were like, we didn't realise how much Karen was doing for hockey and we didn't realise how much she was doing for athletics because both were trying to pull me in different directions. So like, then we had to start balancing up like, okay, what, what way am I going to go to go? So from there, I kind of started balancing out a wee bit, started saying no to a couple of people to be like, I can't do that training, but I'm going to do this training and stuff. So uh, that was like an early learning curve. And then 
when I then picked, so I then went through school um, and then I started picking hockey a wee bit more. Athletics was still there just for like kind of the social element. And I started not becoming as good at athletics because my training was upping for hockey. So like and my event was high jump and pole vault. So it was like jumping. Mm-hmm. So like, and yes, in hockey, you're kind of explosive, but not too explosive. Whereas like I used to be really explosive. Um, so yeah, I then, yeah, kind of by the end, I was kind of getting a bit bored of hockey. So I decided to go to a university that wasn't like, was still all right, um, but it wasn't going to be too much like intense. Like Loughborough, I basically went to the open day and I didn't, I personally didn't like it. It was too intense for me. Um, so yeah, my first year, I basically took a step back from hockey. I only played for like my university. I didn't play for a club outside because um, they didn't play on a Saturday weekend. So I got my weekends back, mm-hmm. um, which I hadn't had since I was must have been 12 years old or something so 12 years old to 18 I hadn't had a weekend and then suddenly got to uni and I was in catered for halls and I ate everything that I wanted to and I just I just enjoyed myself and I relaxed and I hadn't done that before um and yes okay I can look back and regret and be like oh I wish I was a focused athlete and being really regimented with my sport but in actual fact if I didn't do that in my first year and take a step back I actually don't think I would be here where I am today right now if I hadn't done that I would have probably dropped out the system I would have found it too intense and just been like I'm done with it pretty soon and that happened to a couple of my friends a couple of them stayed and stayed involved with all the training and stuff and literally their second year they dropped out of Scottish hockey because it was too much for them um but others thrived do you know what I mean like it just depends on that person so yeah, mm-hmm. going to uni, yeah, I had a bit of fun, like that happened. But then by my <laughs> the end of my first year, I went to my first under twenty ones camp, and or like one of my first like sorry, it was my second year of my under twenty ones. But I went to like the Scotland training camp, mm-hmm. and I arrived, and everyone was like looked at me, and they were like, oh, I got a bit of a fright because I changed like quite a lot, like put a wee bit of weight, that was going to happen. And I was playing the games, like like international games, um, managed to still be selected for them. But actually probably the break helped because I was able to just kind of be refreshing and kind of enjoy myself and enjoy hockey. Um, but I was unfit and I was like, oh. So I got a bit of a shock to the system, shall we say. And I went, okay, from second year, I'll try and start pushing it a wee bit more. So um did a wee bit more and then each year like my third year I was like right now that's me kind of a bit more focused I really want to start kind of going for it um and then I start getting my first kind of like major injury in my third year when I kind of started thinking okay like this is this is it this is where I want to start pushing mm-hmm. myself um and I got hip impingement so Andy Murray you know how you did is like hip damage yeah I had the exact same injury, hip in, hip impingement and a labral tear. And it was excruciating um, playing hockey. And like by the end, I basically, they referred me to uh, get an operation. I was like, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> and then like a couple months later. I'm, I'm, 20, I'm 22, I don't get sore hips. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. like, no. Um, and then as soon as I said no to the surgery, um, I started getting pain at night. I started getting pain when I was walking. Um mm-hmm. And then I was in a training session and my leg collapsed from underneath me. And I went, no, like, yes. I need I need this surgery. I need to get it done. So, yeah, I had to basically go from that. So, in a way, if I hadn't, like, taken my pressure off, like, 
in my first year I might have had to have that surgery we were earlier on because it was like a mm-hmm. they got us that basically like completely so that that's like the ball in the socket and I completely ripped my cartilage between so it's literally like bone grinding oh dear. Bone. yeah and it was killer so like yeah I don't I look back and I'm glad that I went to uni and to be fair uni as well sorry I'm going on a massive tangent I, love I, it. I attended every single lecture and seminar no matter what didn't miss one sure like so yeah I was awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, I think I missed, actually, no, I missed one because I went home um, for a random reason, but apart from that, I hated missing stuff. I was like, I was like, I'm still going to uni, so I still had fun, but I was still able to wake up at eight o'clock, get in from a 9am and just be like, woo, I'm here. Whether I was really good there is a different story, but I still attended and I was there, which is the main thing, so... I love it though, because what you because what you did, and I think I remember reading it when I was doing the research for this. You said that as well. You're like, I took the break, yeah. but what it did was it showed your actual love for hockey as well. Because like you said, after a couple of weeks, you were already thinking, I like I, I whinged about how much this took my time, but then you're like, I'm sat here twiddling my thumbs, and the people I was speaking to, I really miss. Yeah. And like, because another another interesting way to look at it as well as what I thought of there is because you had that injury, which is obviously such a horrific injury, and it is a wear and tear injury. It's not just a a freak roll of your ankle and you've you've snapped something clean you've worn it down if you were already feeling out of love for hockey and you'd push through to try to get it was a lot of people like you say get serious injuries and just go sack like i'm not i'm not prepared to commit that much for that to happen again yeah mm-hmm. yeah it just so it's like you made a really good decision in my my opinion oh thank you thank you very much and if there's one thing people need validation from it's the 26 year old that's just making a podcast absolutely yeah no you don't see just making a podcast making a podcast and crushing it oh stop it <laughs> <laughs> you can come on every week i like it you, you you can sit in the green room and then just every time about oh this isn't going well just like pop into it <laughs> <Be> great <laughs> the pom-poms Woo, that's what i do at my school basically just cheerleading yeah. for my kids <laughs> that's, that's what a teacher should be absolutely the best influence you can have is your teachers take mm-hmm. that one Indeed. take that one kendall Jenner. Kardashians. <laughs> Best influences of the teachers. Give them a ten percent ASOS discount. Yes. So I, but I love that how you came through. And then we speak about the the injury. Obviously, you said the injury. How did the process of coming back from the injury? Because that's what the big battle of rehab and prehab is: mental side more than physical. Yeah. So how was? Because obviously, you said it was Andy Murray's there. So how long is that as an actual time off from hockey when you have that injury? Um. So I got told it was going to be. How long did they say to me? I think they said eight months to me or something like that uh or like it just depends on how like i reacted basically that's good um, that's like a full season is it not yeah Over yeah full season. um so like going into it basically i was so fortunate so at Northumbria uni um i was a hockey scholar and part of that i then got um support in strength and conditioning and i'd never done strength and conditioning before um, <laughs> but i've been coached by every single strength and conditioning coach I've ever been coached by has been incredible they've just been amazing and actually changed my life so at Northumbria I was like had one-on-one sessions and I worked with like different coaches and they were just incredible and I told them about my hip and my surgery and stuff and one of them was like right we're gonna get really strong it's just gonna happen before the surgery you're gonna be the strongest you'll ever be um so then like if I got stronger then the drop-off would be like less but like if I was here and then Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything then I would drop here and then it'd be harder to then get up so um we basically did like this most intense like 
trying to get fit program but trying to get strong and like honestly going into the surgery I was probably quite a bit like my legs were huge do you know, like everything was just strong and it was great and then I'm so glad that I did that so we we called it prehab so like pre-rehab basically mm-hmm. um then to be fair like going into it like I wasn't too scared I was like fine it was the end of the season got it done in May so like and it was and when does the hockey season start again so that's around September time isn't it yeah so yeah. it's like September to when is it sorry September to um March time but then international season is like March to I've just had a mind blank March to like September so basically the season's all year round for me okay. but um so at that phase, I had basically just finished my under 21 stuff and I was just about, I was just starting to trial for the senior Scotland women, um, Scotland senior women's team around mm-hmm. about then. And they kind of knew-ish about my surgery. But so that summer, I wasn't going to be getting selected for anything because I wasn't under 21 and I also wasn't breaking through the senior squad. So I wasn't too like scared, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, If, if there was a time you had to have surgery, that was one of the better yeah. times, yeah. Definitely. And I also was finishing. So I worked at the university. So I worked as a student sport president there after my um, degree. And it was at the end of that. And I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. Um, and then was getting the surgery and then got a call from Durham University to be like, well, do you want to come and do a master's for a part time master's? And I was like, well, I'm kind of getting hip surgery. So like, <laughs> and they were like, well, we love how you're being honest with us. Like, we'll support you through that. So I then enrolled onto that and then I knew that I like finishing my surgery I was then going to be then supported again by another university with my like rehab strength conditioning so that I actually felt fine because I had security I was stepping in something secure um and the rehab process like it was like ticking a box the surgery was done they then knew what the injury was I could be like okay I need to get to here to here here tick 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 and I was back on the pitch by, so I had my surgery in May. I was back on the pitch October, November was like the first game that I played. Okay, so six months, that's incredible for what was originally an eight month, an eight month yeah. injury. Yeah. So you shaved two months off. Mm-hmm. And then in, I then started like going to like Scotland training and stuff like that. We got a new Scotland coach appointed and that February... Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was just like enjoying myself I was like well I've just had hip surgery so it's fine like kind of just like dawdling about the place like I'm on the pitch la 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 happy days um, and then I was doing a running set like I suddenly had this like click moment of like okay I need to start like really pulling my finger out and I want to try this like if I can get past hip surgery then I can kind of do anything I was doing a running session like just finished Scotland training camp or whatever and then that week I had to do like a couple of running sessions and got a call from one of my friends and they were like have you seen have you seen the selection I was like no like don't check my emails I'm not not bothered not gonna get selected and she was like Karen you're going to Italy I was like what and that was like my first cap basically yeah. like in Italy and until the day of the game in Italy I didn't think that I was getting to play I thought I was going just to have the experience of an international camp in Italy like, you're on like one of those like tour positions where it's like yeah. you're just here to experience how it works type thing yeah I thought mm-hmm. I was like gonna be the water girl and I actually had to ask coach I was like am I 
playing today? Like, what? <laughs> do, I, do I need to bring my stick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yes, like you're playing. Um, and that was in February time. So right. going from like May to February and getting my first cap in February, honestly, it was like at that moment in time, biggest thing ever. That's, that's amazing. Huge, that's... yeah. And like I just couldn't believe. And then from then on, I had like this incredible run of like gaining caps and having the opportunities. Then from then I got each couple of things I managed to get 13 caps by then. So that was really, really cool. And since I haven't gained any more because of COVID and I've got injured a couple more times and yes, it's been class. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> just breeze through that bit but yeah. like, hey, a lot of people would kill for one cap and you've got 13 yeah that's that's exactly and my dad always said to me um because I think I was like upset one time um not about like my caps or anything just like how I just feel like I wasn't like succeeding really in my like life basically and that was during COVID and everyone mm-hmm. freaked out at moments and he went carry on like you have got a cap for your country nobody can ever take that away from you and I was like it was like he it was like he said like this golden ticket magic word and I was like actually it's so true like I am so fortunate that I can say like I've represented my country um 13 times like it's, that's so cool it is, I know it's, it's not really it's a bit it's kind of the same as that it's like you say it's like the 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 achievement you've got is always going to be that achievement that never stays or that never disappears sorry um and then when you do that, so I was, I remember watching something and it was, it was actually the CrossFit Games. And one of the people said, they were talking about something and one, one person held up a sign that was like, this player sucks or something. It was what it was like the CrossFit Games. Cause it's like, it's all an individual sport. It's basically like a, it's basically a triathlon really. Yeah. Or like yeah. A, yeah. And uh, somebody put, I hate that sign because to suck at the CrossFit Games, how good you need to be just to suck is a ludicrous level of talent. And then it's like when people it's like people beat themselves down because I've had a few people on here and they're like, oh, I didn't get selected into the match squad, but I was in like I am a professional. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, do you know how good you need to be just to get where you are? Like yeah. the ludicrous, like the insanity and the dedication it takes just to get where they, these people get to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm like compared like compare them to me or the people you walk down in the street because you get people like, oh, I'm too small, I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, and I was like. So if you just picked anybody off the street, you could probably beat them at any sort of physical activity. And it's like, yes, if people, it's a good mindset to have, but yeah, it's like you say, these, these achievements always stay achievements mm-hmm. and the work you've put in will never change. Yeah. And you definitely do forget that as an athlete, like on your journey, because you get one thing and you get hungry and you strive for the next thing. And that's why I was saying like earlier on how it, you have to celebrate the small wins and like, as well as like the big wins and, mm-hmm. Even when I was getting a gain in my couple of caps, I wished I had celebrated them more because I look back and I go, I'm right now, I think I'm a lot better hockey player than I was back then. And I got some mm-hmm. caps and I'm not, I've not been getting caps now, but because I've been injured and like other things. And I go, why didn't I just like be happy for myself at that moment in time and just be like, carry on, like, you're doing good like just enjoy it enjoy the moment and but as easier said than done hindsight is a fantastic thing and I'll probably be thinking that I'll be looking at myself in five years time like looking back at this and be like Karen you should have celebrated what you've been doing in your career do you know what I mean like um, but yeah definitely need to remind myself of that does that think do you think that's going to change the way you sort of do it because I know a lot of people 
that said as they got older because like the traditional is you're listening to your heavy rock music you're in you're focused and you're like i'm ready to go out and i'm willing to rip people limb from limb to win this game to represent my country yeah do you think this is going to change how you sort of do it like you know people get calmer i know people change their music tastes because i think music is the biggest sort of example or metaphor of it because people go from heavy rock music to Frank Sinatra when they're in the changing room. And I think you're a different kind of psychopath if you're listening to Frank Sinatra as you go out on the pitch. But yeah. yeah. So do you think you now change the way you're going to look at these, like it, when you do get your next cap, when you are on that next tour, when you're in the next competition, are you just going to be like, not, not smiling, waving, giddy, but you're just going to be like, I am making sure I acknowledge every face in the crowd and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And if like I ever get the opportunity again, I will be, it'll be emotional. Because, like, it's been such a long time and actually I've had a lot harder things, like, come at me. Um, so to then, yeah, if I broke through, it would just be, like, yeah, I can, it would be my dreams. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think, and I would be present and, yeah, I would just be like, carry on, yeah, you've worked, and, like, celebrate it as well. I'd be like, okay, you've done it. You have done good and even if it's just like an international test at match series, like even I love how you said just that shows the elite yeah. mentality. But that's yeah. that's another one. Like the elite mentality that you guys I refer to you guys as the people I get on managed to get on my show mm -hmm. is I look at what I consider an achievement and you're like, No, no, I'm just getting started. Like that's that's what I want the bare minimum to be and I think that's a really good quality to have. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, our mm -hmm. high standards is quite I don't know, it's quite bad. But it's, a it's a double-edged sword, but it's, if, yeah. when, you, when you can, I think when you can look at it from like a third party almost, you can take yeah. yourself out of the situation. I think it's a really good mindset to have. Yeah, it's, it is cool. And like, even like now that mm. I'm getting to go to, so a couple of years ago, I wouldn't say like, well, I'm going to Scotland training because I would be like, not embarrassed by it, but I'd be like, I don't want to like toot my own horn about going there. Um, and like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, I'm going to training. But like now, I'm like, if someone's like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to Scotland training because I've not been able to do that for a while, like, because I've been out for 10 months. Mm -hmm. um, and this is going to be my first camp that I'm actually going to be able to do a full training session. And I'm so excited. And I get to share a pitch with the best athletes in Scotland. Um, so I'm doing that this weekend. And I'm so excited. So, like, I am going to be like, yes, that's an achievement. Um but yeah, and and somebody and that I've only just come to that like conclusion here. But a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, "Karen, you're part of the training squad." Not people, people don't get that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. Like, how big, how, big, how, big is the, how big is the training squad? Uh, we got twenty-eight to thirty-two. I think I, I can't remember like off the top. Of my head. You're, you're part of the top thirty-two. Yeah. In the country. Yeah. And when you think about that, that's even less accurate because there's different positions and some. Like, you know, we might have eight great strikers, but we're only taking four because I don't know a lot about hockey, but I know a formation with eight strikers and it probably yeah. isn't going to win you many games. <laughs> no. <laughs> back, on, back on the coaching team. Penalty corners <laughs> and strikers, that's what I've got. But yeah, look, see, look, you, like, it's, it's great. I think it's really important that people like me. Like you said, you should celebrate the wins and knowing that you should tell people when people are doing good stuff. Yeah. Especially because like, we spoke about getting rid of Twitter. Twitter is so quick for going, that person's awful, they're dog water sack them off yeah. who gave this guy a contract but like very few people are like oh he had a really good game today good to know exactly yeah I, i'm i'm daily for it as well i think i was slating somebody off about the rugby last week so i'll have to delete that before this is the later day <laughs> well, that's the thing like you're so like i think being 
being an athlete and like being with the experience like I've kind of currently had in my journey I now I used to look at like the Olympics and go oh that dive was slightly off why couldn't have they just like enter the water better sitting on my couch being alone, eating my sweet and salt popcorn like <laughs> but now I look at those athletes and I go wow like I know yeah. I know like a slight like inkling of like how much it took you to you can it. relate to that yeah that's um, it we went to the we went to the gymnastics at the commonwealth remember when it was at the hydro brilliant and i remember watching, i was like tired at them i was like only 9.3 that's terrible and i was like i reckon i would have pulled both my hamstrings getting up onto the beam like it's... <laughs> but obviously it's terrible no yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm still I'm sad though. i'm like just not got it like, bad day at the office they're gonna have to i love it well, I've I've really enjoyed this and we're coming to the end of it. The one thing I do want to talk about, because I joined in with it and I thought it was the best thing about a very bad situation in COVID. Your mum's rise to fame with her street her street dance party. Oh my gosh. How was that? And how many times did you, you take in? And does your mum now hand out like you talk about strength and conditioning coaches? Is your mum was like, Well, I'm actually Scotland's fitness coach, like mm-hmm. Scotland's the nation. So how was that? Did you how did you deal with the fame of everybody? I'm joining in with your mum's dance party. <laughs> it was honestly it was incredible um i don't know how it all started because that's like actually like a fun wee thing i would love to hear how it started great um so basically see if you you say it was like five quid there i will burst out into tears no no (laughs) um so when lockdown hit i i was like right this is it i'm now going to focus on my training i'm going to really start pushing it so i kind of like that was kind of like a massive breaking point where i was able to like really increase my increase my fitness but to begin with, I didn't like it. Like, I would really struggle to go around. So fortunately, we live around the corner from Harriet's grounds. So, Is that a Glen Acre? Yes, uh-huh. I was Literally. there. I was there for the first time the other week. It's incredible. Unbelievable. It's beautiful. It's, um, and I was very fortunate. I knew the guard, like the groundsman and his wife, and they were just, oh, amazing. And I thank them every single time I see them. I was able to use the hockey pitch during lockdown. Wow. Um, and like their grounds, we were able to like run around. But to help me get there, my mum would literally walk around with me or like come and come on a jog with me and get me around. But on the way there, we bumped mm-hmm. into one of our neighbours and she was like, saw us in our kit and she was like, oh, I really want to do some exercise. She was a wee bit older. And mum was like, oh, well, why don't we get some, um, oh, we were talking about like the music. We should we should have some music on the street and do a bit of dancing. And the neighbour was like, I think that's a great idea. Yes, let's let's do that. I'll see you at two o'clock. And I was like, what? Watch, watch. <laughs> yeah so we just like left an hour later after my session come back and uh, we bumped into another neighbor and she was like i hear we're doing a dance party at two o'clock in the street and i was like how on earth has this got around and i'm not joking it got around the whole neighborhood basically it was ridiculous <laughs> um, and mum was like oh gosh so it kind of was like five to two and like there was one neighbor just like stood outside in her garden and we were like what's happening like this is really weird so mum like walked out it's like the like, shining or something yeah <laughs> and also covid like you're obviously trying to stay away from people um and mum was like i don't have like a cd player like i don't have like a like a music like a speaker or anything because we just didn't mm-hmm. we put our car on and put a cd in the car and blared it full blast and then no, that's what i call disney's going at the um, <laughs> she stood in the middle of the street and just started doing some dances and people just started copying her and since everyone loved it well like literally I think there were like four people who attended and then like week two like it was literally every single day and we realized doing like seven days a week was a wee bit too much so we had to do 
six days and then we had a rest on the Sunday and we all brought cake and coffee so and just like sat in our gardens like social distance. I, th- I remember seeing that video and I was like this is I, I really thought that summed up Scotland quite well as, as yeah. well actually. It was, I, know, it was, I, know, I know we're a ridiculously patriotic nation but like, mm-hmm. there's some things that Scottish people and I can say this because I am English with <laughs> Scottish so <laughs> I, was, I moved up here when I was five okay give me a oh I'm sure I know I know how to Kaylee I don't know how to Morris dance so I'm Scottish I love it Kaylee I, I almost bust my knee Kaylee at a wedding but that's a story for a different day <laughs> this is like this is like December it's like you talk about like a return from injury like Samuel was back on the dance floor ready to cut shapes and like you know the missus is there like head on the table like that because I'm limping off but yeah, but like so back to back to how great Scottish people are, distracting mm-hmm. within yeah. But yeah, so your your story like of how people are just sat because I remember seeing the video and you're all just like on deck chairs. Yeah. And like it's literally a conversation of people just shouting down the street, yeah. being like, Oh Mary, you were great on <laughs> like your two steps phenomenal when we do that thing. And I'm like, this is this is the best thing I've ever seen because to Scottish people they're just normal. And I was like, imagine how weird this must look to other countries. Yes, legit. It was yeah people did ask like quite a lot they were like oh but actually it was the best thing like during that time I was writing my dissertation and trying to do really hard training sessions and and everyone had those days it was awful like Covid Mm -hmm. was pretty bad and then when mum was like right are you coming out on the street I was like no like I was in the foul mood and then I would hear the music and I was like oh I'm feeling a bit of yeah (laughs) and then we walk out and you would do 15 minutes of dancing or 20 minutes of dancing and honestly it was amazing and it helped the old people so much in our street their their strength got so much better they could stand on one leg like it was amazing mm. it was good to see in that sense and then bringing our community together like checking in on one another and making sure we're okay and and we still do like a bit of um dancing on the street like if we've had like a street party mum does her wee aerobics class and yeah she's that. just um, but she's so humble about it. She doesn't like to her own horn about it. And she's like, no, it wasn't me. I'm like, mum, that was fully you. Like, you did that for our street and yeah. everyone will be forever grateful. She's just, honestly, that woman is the most amazing woman ever. She's incredible. Damn right, I agree. Mrs Hastings, welcome yes. to you. All the, <laughs> so you celebrate the small wins, but that was a massive win because mm-hmm. you, you kept the street going. And like you said, that was all you. Well, unfortunately, I'm having a great time, but we do need to wrap this up because I could talk to you for hours because I reckon we just talk about life as like Kaylian in school and yes. how awful that was. One thing I do want to talk to you now, because like you said, you have another job outside of hockey because unfortunately, like we said, women's sport is not getting funded enough. Let's fix that. Let's make sure <laughs> that this is Kerry anns full-time job. But what does a week look like for you? Like a quick rundown of your weekly, let's call it schedule, manic. <laughs> manic week um so I currently work in a school um Durham school um and I am currently head of girls games there so I kind of like run the girls games program and try and get yeah basically my whole philosophy is to try and empower women in sport um so my like day like my normal day is seven seven in the morning until like in school seven in the morning until sometimes half five at night and um, depends on like the different clubs or whatever that I like I put on so like on a for example like a Tuesday and a Thursday morning I do strength and conditioning or running sessions for my first 11 hockey team seven until what time like quarter to quarter to eight and then at night time then we've either got training or like I've put on a new dance club which goes until half five um 
so yeah my my schedule's pretty manic in the sense of um just trying to think i'm always in at seven o'clock no matter what mm-hmm. so i get up at five fifty-five every morning get to work for seven work during the day and then i either sometimes i uh, train early in the morning so i train like seven till eight and then i'm starting work like quarter past eight onwards or um i do train after school and then i'm on the hockey pitch like a couple of times but because of the injury that i've currently had like my training's completely changed so last year i had to do like accumulate 15 hours a week mm-hmm. and that was really hard like during my like job um you had to do it before or straight after and before quite early in the morning if you hadn't had a good sleep you're not going to get a good quality session and sleep is like the biggest recovery that you can get um so I just kind of suddenly had to do it and then but then after a long days of work of giving your energies to kids and which is amazing don't be wrong like I'm, I'm loving my job now um but it, it is, is a demanding job yeah majorly like you have to bring the energy to the coaching um mm-hmm. you have to give everything and um yeah so trying to do a really really hard mentally hard running session after a long day at work is not the best um and then trying to fit a new nutrition and stuff like that when you don't really have time to well like luckily i have i basically eat at the school quite often um mm-hmm. but sometimes if i'm running straight to training sometimes i just don't have anything so um but i've got a lot better with that so yeah um right now my training schedule my aim for is just basically to play three times a week in hockey and train in the gym twice and that's just for me right now for my rehab mm-hmm. process um the whole point is to focus and get me back on the pitch um because i had basically really bad re- um nerve damage um so i'm coming back from that and they don't want to push me so um but a lot of my teammates they are yeah they've all got full-time jobs they have to train early mornings really really late nights in the latest that i train i train until 10 o'clock at night sometimes for hockey pitches just because we can't get the hockey pitch and then what you're not in bed until 11 o'clock and then your head's still buzzing from training and yeah so it's it's pretty busy imagine, i was gonna say i imagine the switch off's the most difficult part of that yeah for sure like i yeah it's i don't know i don't really switch off and I'm, I'm work is so busy like school yes okay everyone says oh but you get school holidays and stuff but i you need can't, can't take a random friday off though nah like and and I work on a Saturday as well if I don't have and then I then play a hockey game and then a Sunday I'm going up to play I'm going up to do my Scotland training and then I'm back down on the Monday and like then I have to repeat and like yeah I get my holidays but the holidays you need time to recover like mm-hmm. I throughout the term like depends on how long the week the term is so seven weeks is one of the longest ones and you just drain 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 and you just slowly like yeah, you disintegrate basically, and then you have to like rebuild yourself. And if you got a week, you got a week to try and get yourself back up, and then you drain your battery again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Um, but the thing is, at the end of the day, like people know that I play my sport because I love it, not because of the money. Because mm-hmm. I pay to play for my sport, I pay to play to go up to Scotland. I um, I pay to get my kit. Sometimes we yeah we don't get kit renewed all the time. So um, yeah. So I do it because I love it and hopefully I'll get a career from playing my sport and stuff. So yeah. That's the dream and all the power to you all. Anything we can do, we have to make it happen. Ah, thank you. And that feels like a good way to end the main bit of the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. It's great, it's going well and it could get better and there's only one direction for it to go. So now we get to do the fun thing. We've just spoken about your teammates. Yes, now you but... get the great job of doing the creatively named under the team bus section. Oh my gosh. Similar to your quick fire. 
you hear the question, first name you see from the team, yeah. sell them out, and then turn your phone off when this goes live and give it a couple of days. Lovely. So is this my Scotland team that I have to... Scotland team, or if you have a member of a team that's just really, really fits, hits the nail on the head perfectly. But okay. yeah, go, I feel people who've had a lot of teams struggle, so I pick one. So pick Scotland, but then yeah, lovely. If, you, if you have a special answer, you can go special shout out to this person. Okay, so, right, okay. Yeah. So this one is quite a nice one to start with. This is under the team bus with Kerry Ann Hastings. Who is the most determined teammate you've ever had? Just like you could be 6 0 down and she's like, we're going to win and I'm going to break everything to win this game bex condy she yeah i basically i've watched footage of her of um the goalie had to come off and she has to be the kicking back and she saved a ball with her hand and logged yeah she was ridiculous i you need to you need to watch video it was against czech republic in our a final or something it was honestly yeah bex on, the D, on the dm send me it and then yeah. uh, when this goes out we'll put it out there as well and i will yeah I've tagged the original person, but I'll take most yes, of the credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Biggest practical joker in the changing room? Laura Swanson. Really? Any ah. any particular memories that stand out? Um, Is she the classic shampoo see. trick where you keep putting shampoo in somebody's hair? Oh, no. I th um, we're not like that. Like, we don't kind of like, I don't know, either Laura Swanson or um, Louise Campbell, we call her Squidge. Um, those two kind of like work off each other and just like joke about the place and like not be malicious or anything, but laugh. I want like do random stupid shit. So sorry, excuse the language, but yeah, that's yeah. Them, those two together are hilarious. I love that. They're the people you need in the changing room. Who sure. is the most naturally skillful hockey player? Like somebody where you just like you can watch them just pick up a hockey stick and you think, wow. Um, I want to say Jenny Edie. I love that. She's insane. She's always been really, really good. Her hands are ridiculous, and she's now finally she's got a call up for GB. Um, yes. hockey and she's crushing it so yeah she's representing Scotland really well and she's just incredible so yeah Jenny Edie Love that who is the most clumsy like who keeps dropping their phone or would leave their stick on the plane or something like that um, Ronnie <laughs> um, I, she's new like well like I see new like she's a wee bit younger and she's just it's just Bless Ronnie her. yeah she's cla but she's class but like she's with it as well though but like, it's just like, yeah. Just oh, there, there's many people like could pass an exam in physics quite comfortably. And then I, yeah. I describe it as you could pass an exam then you'd walk out the hall and get hit by a bus because you didn't look both ways, something like that. Yeah, like just, <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's fab. Right. Who is most up for a night out? Like, who's the person where it's like, oh, first driving, first driving lesson today, better get on it. Um, Amy Gibson. I love think. that. Yeah, she's a goalkeeper and she's just an absolute... Legend, you, she's you have to be a loose cannon to be a goalkeeper in hockey. Mm -hmm. Who's got the best fashion sense? Who always comes in looking straight off the runway? Um, Georgia Jones. Love that. She's just, yeah, she's got it together. Um, and she's just always got like nice sport kit on and just it's like, ooh, yeah. Uh, vice versa, who's got the worst fashion sense? Who comes in that looks like they got dressed in the dark while they were running? <laughs> that means you've got somebody the way you laugh like that means you've got somebody as well you think oh i'm gonna go francis lonergan oh <laughs> she's she's gonna kill me but she it's not like she just looks like she's been dressing but she's just like nah because we to be fair we only see each other like in scotch hockey kit but like me and her are the 
we've worn like our like under 16 stuff like for a wee while now because we've not got like new kit kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah it's Anne Flanagan she's class <laughs> I love that I love that. Who's the most gullible? Like, who's the person you can be like, oh, we're doing a fancy dress night out when you're not, and then they still turn up in fancy dress? Oh, who would that? Um, to be fair, probably me. Like, really? I would probably be that person. Yeah, I would just like, yeah, I would say I would be that person. Any excuse to dress up and you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh gosh, I would. Oh gosh, I should see my fancy dress boxes class. <laughs> love that. I, I believe it. I spoke that much about Disney, I believe it. Who is the best dancer? Who's the one that just looks so calm on the dance floor? Like, you know. I have to say Squidge again. She'll just, Squidge. Yeah, she's really, yeah, she can cut some shapes. Love that. Who's the worst dancer? Who's the next one that looks like they're not in control of their own body? <laughs> Jenny Eadie. <laughs> I know I really when, names, but I love it when you chuckle because it's so, yeah. <laughs> it means it's so oh, genuine and you're like, oh. Because what it means when somebody chuckles is the first thing that flashes ahead is an actual memory of the person doing that thing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. What's the What's the dance move? Is it just like oh, uncontrollable? I don't limbs? know. I just I just remember like a video being taken, not like in a club or anything, but I think it was during COVID and uh, they were outside on a patio, like just randomly dancing to music, and Jenny was just in the background, like, "What's happened?" Like, do you know, it just just wouldn't join it. Like. <laughs> Jenny, this means you get to come on and you get to tell us all yeah. the bad things Kerry Ann does that she didn't bring up in the podcast. Uh, who is the future coach? Who's just like you, you've just got coach written all over you? Oh, oh um, Fee Semple, and she basically is um, like she is a really, really good coach actually, and um, she's that. just retired from the Scottish hockey, um, like senior women's stuff. But she's a brilliant coach. She's fantastic. Love that. Who's hard as nails? Who's if it goes south on the pitch, like it starts fighting? Who do you want to stand behind you in your corner? Oh. You can say you if you think you're the hardest in the team, but. Oh, no, like, not like nobody's aggressive, I would say. I don't know. Um, Emily Dark. Let's go Darko. She'll, She'll have your back always. Yeah. That's, that's what you need. You just need a friend that's like, I'm, I'm yeah. willing to die. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who came back with the worst lockdown haircut? Like, who'd cut like panic bangs or something like that? And you just thought, oh. Um, no one. No? I don't, keep anybody, I don't think anybody. Um, but like, when they did, so like, Fiona Burnett, she cut her hair. It's like she had bangs and she suits them. She looks class. Like, she just works it. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it was a, nobody had like a rogue lockdown haircut. I think thought everybody came out looking fantastic. Smashed it. We just had mullets for days and they seemed to stuck out. I think there's a bit of a difference. Yeah. Like men do shave their heads or get mullets. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody shaved their heads or nobody got a mullet. So Mm. no. We never know. These are the questions you have to ask. You never know. Who is the biggest natural athlete? So you have the most skillful hockey player you've ever seen. Yeah. Someone just walk in and you just like you just are an engine. Like you could go for miles and nobody would be able to stop you. Mackenzie Bell, really, Ridiculous. just outrageous, rapid. Um, and we did fitness sessions in lockdown together. And honest, like I had to go on the inside. So when we were like going around the court, I had to yeah. go on the inside and honestly be like ten meters away from her and go around the inside, and she would still catch up with me. She was just insane, and she's still insane. And she's a doctor, and like in London, and she's still crushing all fitness testing. So yeah, she's amazing wow yeah respect for that mm-hmm. who's got the best tunes in the in the changing room post game 
oh, that, this is going to be controversial because. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm gonna say Amy Gibson. I am, and everyone, a couple of people go like, "What?" So you know, I I like I like Gibbo's uh, choices. They're good. And the final one for under the team bus: mm -hmm. Who hogs the mirror the most post game? Who knows they've got the big interview coming up and like spends a bit too much time on the mascara. Oh. <laughs> like nobody puts on like nobody like cakes himself and makeup or anything i don't mean cake himself like who's just like a bit too posy you know they're a bit like a bit a bit posy but a bit lizzie mcguire in the mirror in the morning oh. um oh my gosh that's a really hard one um i hope you can cut this part out because i actually like have no idea <laughs> i think i'm trying to go through the lines um, you're all just very naturally beautiful people. You just walk out and just are sorted. Amazing, yeah. We actually like you're, ni you're nicer than the women's team. I've had five of the Scotland women's team on, and they've <laughs> all sold the same girl down the river. Really? It's terrible, yeah. Oh my gosh, no. Um, like, at, like after the game, to be fair, I, I couldn't even say because I, I wasn't at like the last tournament, so I have mm -hmm. I don't really know who. Oh, I'm gonna go. Um, can I have another question? I don't know. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Do yeah. you know what? You've answered everyone honestly. We'll let, we'll, it will be the mystery. Oh, no and then idea. it gives me an excuse to get a few more of your pals on and then we can go, well, Gary Ann doesn't know, so... Nah. But that is it. Under the team bus, you get one off for free. You answered every other one, obviously. You sold every other one, so I love it. Gary Ann, I've had so much fun. Final question, then I'll let you get on your way. Just one, the biggest game of your life. You've got cap number 14 because that every the next game is always the biggest one. Elite Mamba mentality. Uh -huh. You've been given the speaker at the end of the game. Yeah. Teams teams getting ready for a night out. You've got three songs to pick. <laughs> what three songs are you picking and why? Okay. I'm going to pick... For the, for the audio listeners, watch the YouTube because the excitement in Kerry Ann's face when she yeah. gets to pick three songs. So, Jerry Cinnamon. Yeah. Um, she's a belter, obviously. Lovely. Brilliant. Um, Loch Lomond, uh, run, run rig, run rig, yeah. Run rig. And then my, oh my gosh, what's my final one? Zero point two seconds. <laughs> it is obviously five hundred miles. The the proclaimers, all Scottish songs. Basically, three national anthems of Scotland at that point. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that's it. And obviously, like if it was like a proper like tournament whatever and we just won like we are champions but that's the standard mm -hmm. so i just went all all scotch songs yes i love that that's mm -hmm. great kerry -Ann, where can people follow you to keep up to date with your amazing story as it unfolds so on my we instagram i've got like a wee hockey instagram account so it's um i think it's this ka hastings 1066 i think um we can figure that one out. I'm not too sure. It's, it's all down in the description below. Don't you worry. It's there. And then I do have like my Twitter link to that one. So like, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, I don't really post that much, but something, yeah, that's probably where, where it kind of is at. And also, um, to be fair, I'm one hockey, uh, one sports, sorry, it's called one sports warehouse. And then I'm kind of do a bit of work with them. Um, they sponsor me and help me out and stuff. So, and with alongside Griffin hockey. So yeah, there's like a lot of links there.
Amazing. Love that. I'll make sure they all get a shout-out, because people that help athletes, especially the Scottish, always friends of the show. So absolutely. Right. All that's left to do now, listeners, is I need you to like, subscribe, share, follow, tell your mum, tell your dog, tell anybody you see in the street that you had a great time listening to this podcast, because that's how I get to keep making good content bringing on incredible people and sharing their story with you. That's another episode of Refuse to Fail in the bag, done and dusted. Thank you guys very much. I will see you next week. Goodbye.